0: Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The team's back from a short two-game road trip, but the last time we talked to you, it was with Justin Patton. Don't worry, this episode is equally exciting as the team sits a season-high seven games above 500, and we'll get into all the reasons why, so don't go anywhere. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome into the Thunder basketball universe. I'm Paris Lawson. We've got a, a normal TBU crew with Nick sitting right next to me. Nick, how's it going? Welcome back.
1: It's great. Good to be back after a two and oh trip.
0: Yeah, it's not the longest road trip, so it I must it must be nice to be just a two two short two short games and done. Yeah, I like
1: two. Uh, one and done is like okay, we're ping ponging back and forth. Yeah, more than two or three is at, then you're away from home for a week. So nice two game trip. Two really good wins, clutch time performances in both, and two dagger jumpers by Dennis Schroeder.
0: Man, let's get in, let's just go straight into it with that. Two daggers from Dennis. We talked right off the top. This team is seven games above 500. They're playing really high level basketball, but all of those wins have come in various situations, right? There have been double digit victories, there have been really clutch time games down the stretch but their team finds a way to put themselves in a position to be successful.
1: Yeah, they hang around and that's why they've had so many of what we call clutch time games. It's when the score is within five points or fewer in the last five minutes of the game. And the Thunder, the last nineteen times they've been in that position. I mean it's such so early in the season to even have this stat, but they're fifteen and four in the last nineteen games that have been in that clutch time. So they're a really nice job of executing getting what they want, and getting stops down the stretch, too.
0: You hear it from a lot of the players. It's a great stat, but it's one of those things where it's like, we don't want to get down in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we don't want to end up being 17, 24, 26 points down to have to come back and fight back.
1: Yeah, and against Orlando, the Thunder was really never in that precarious position. They actually were ahead. But against Houston, again, down 15, it's 100 to 85 with about six and a half minutes left or so. And... The Thunder just, they plug away, they they st- stick their nose in where they don't belong necessarily, as Michael Cage would say, and, uh, you know, get defensive stops. They make steals. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that Chris Paul is first in clutch time points and in the top three in clutch time steals as well. So getting it done on both ends as a leader.
0: And earlier in the season, the Thunder found themselves in these situations and were on the losing end of them. Mm. Now we're getting into this part of the season where the team has learned each other. They know each other's tendencies. They've played together so much. I mean, 17 games in 31 days in this January stretch. That's a lot of basketball to be played. And so the fact that the team has now had opportunities to be on the floor with each other with multiple different lineups, they've found ways to operate at like the highest level with each other.
1: They're willing to just go to whoever has the hot hand. Mm-hmm. So against Houston, it was it was Danilo who reigned in a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter, had 12 points in in that fourth, and then Dennis, you know, went off as well. Same thing in Orlando. Dennis has 22 in the second half, season-high 31 points, and so they really just played through him. He had nine assists too, so they're identifying where the matchup problems are. And so the perfect example, Orlando, they're an incredible defensive team, but what they lack is lateral quickness, foot speed. Well, the one guy on this Thunder roster that is going to break you down if that's your issue defensively mm-hmm. is Dennis. Right. And so on the fly, in these in the midst of these games, they understand how to get to the guy that can get them the right scoring opportunities. And
0: we've seen that in so many different ways. Even if it's not Dennis, maybe it's Chris, maybe it's Shea. I mean, any of those Mm -hmm. three guards, they offer so many different weapons that if one of them is hot, the team finds a way to get them in the spot to be successful.
1: Yeah. And so in some instances, maybe it's Chris because of the way a certain team is defending the pick and roll. Right. We got to get him these shots in these spots. Uh, One thing that's just crazy to me, only 1% of Chris's shots get get blocked. He's six feet tall. 1%. 1%. He's in the top 10 in the NBA in terms of like lowest percentage of shots that get blocked. And it's because he's so judicious about the types of shots that he takes, where he takes them on the floor, and he passes up shots when there's even a threat that someone might swat it.
0: And even if there is a threat that somebody might swat it, he gets it off. Mm-hmm. That's the impressive part. He, he's very, you're right, judicious about how he takes his shots and when he shoots. Yeah. Those are shots that he practices, he works on. It makes it very difficult for bigs that are just a foot taller than him to block his shot.
1: Yeah. So just to complete the analogy, I guess, we talked about Dennis having the foot speed and, and if that being the advantage the Thunder has, then they go to that. Chris, depending on the way things are being guarded, and then Shea, he can beat guys in one-on-one situations, and in transition, off of turnovers, he's one of the very best in the league, top 10 in points off turnovers in the NBA this season. So he's a guy that, if he's out in the open floor with his size, with his herky-jerky ball handling and finishing ability, his ability to finish with either hand he in an isolation situation is impossible to
0: stop. What we're basically saying is it's really hard to shut this team down when it comes into clutch time situations because if it's not one guy, it's the other guy. And then this boils over to the Thunder's recent situation. They haven't been immune to the injury bug recently. Mm -hmm. Um, Steven Adams playing without Terrence Ferguson, Abdul Nader, and uh, Danilo Gallinari for a game. And so... Nerlens was out too. Nerlens was out. Mm -hmm. They have had to go deep into their bench and show off the depth that they have. We've seen Mike Muscala. We've seen Nerlens when he was back playing. And Lugans Dort, the two-way player rookie... Getting starting minutes. Lou is just ferocious. He is such an easy guy to root for, I got to say.
1: He just, the, the amazing thing, he beats people to the spot. And for a rookie to know where these drives are headed, like against Harden on this most recent road trip, you know he knows whether to go over the screen or under the screen based on where it's being set. And that's just instinctual mm-hmm. because he knows what spot on the floor Harden's trying to get to. And again and again, we saw Lou beat him to that spot. Same with Fournier in Orlando. Terrence Ross got loose in the second half, but he's one of the best bench scorers in the league. So Fair. it's bound to happen. But Lou just did a great job of just getting just his lateral quickness is unbelievable.
0: It's a sight to see in yeah. person. Whenever I saw him at home against Portland, I saw some immediate growth from Portland to Houston. He got caught on a couple of screens, got caught going under on Damian Lillard when maybe he should have gone over. Then he goes into Houston, James Harden, and he is just blanket, like just completely covering James Harden. It's not the fact that he is this elite defender, that is known, but the fact that he continues to take note of how he's defending players and making steps each and every game, that's what impresses me the most.
1: How about the fact that the Thunder had Steven Adams for 90 seconds of this road trip and went 2-0? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's something to be said about the depth of the team, and it requires whole team buy-in. It's one thing to know, like, I have my spot on the rotation, and I get my minutes when I get my minutes. But every player on that bench is ready. Dennis said it after the game against Orlando. Everybody is always ready to make an impact on this floor, no matter what the situation, and they're all locked in and bought in.
1: So against Houston, New Orleans is a late scratch with an ankle. Steven goes down a minute, minute and 30 seconds into the game after kind of a wild collision with yeah. Clint Capella. And so the plan going into that game is all of a sudden not the plan. <laughs> so you got Mike Moscala playing heavy minutes in a very difficult situation where he's defending pick and rolls against Harden mm-hmm. and Capella. You've got Deontay Burton, who's a 6'5 guard, playing center at some portions of that game. You've got Danilo playing center at some portions of that game. Danilo told me one time, he said, if I'm playing center, something's some- wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: and that was made apparent, absolutely, on Monday.
1: And then in Orlando, they get Nerlens back, and they've still got to deal with Nikola Vucevic, who scores at all three levels. He is so physical. Orlando's offensive style is really post-Vuce, post-Aaron Gordon, and play inside out. And the Thunder just used its quickness and speed to thwart that the best that they could.
0: One quote that sticks out in my head, you just alluded to it, was Shea at practice before Orlando. And he said, we like to combat size Mm -hmm. with speed. And they just took that to another level against both of these teams where they were outsized, outmanned, but they out-rebounded the other team. Right. And that was led by Shea.
1: The crazy thing, well, yes, Shea, his third straight double-double, and he's now up to about eight and a half rebounds per game in the month of January. The 20-rebound game definitely helps. Casual. (laughs) But but no, I mean, it just shows a commitment to continually dig down there and get on the glass. Thunder gave up 10 offensive rebounds in the first half against Orlando. They only gave up one Mm -hmm. in the second half, and that was a massive difference in the game for sure.
0: They had to compensate, right? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they they did it, like you said, and – out-rebounded, not just put it even, you know, broke even. They out-rebounded these teams, came out with a victory where they were outsized and outmatched. That is buying into what needs to be done, not thinking about maybe, you know, how many rebounds I'm going to get or how many points I'm going to get. It's we're outsized. We have to get to the glass. We have to clean the glass if we're going to give ourselves a chance to win.
1: There seems to be a deep confidence with this group as opposed to like a surface confidence.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing that I've noticed is, They just do what they have to do versus maybe sticking to a game plan. They adjust to what the other team presents. So against Houston, it's James Harden, it's Russell Westbrook and Clint Capella. But Steven goes down. Now they're absolutely outmanned in, in the post. They do what they have to do and they adjust and they do it well. It's a feat to have to do that quickly it's one thing to know scouting report plan ahead two days in advance okay we're not going to be with Steve we're going to be without Steven Mike's going to be our our main five and so Danilo Darius be ready to be in the five but they're doing this on the fly and being successful the depth is one reason why the Thunder has been successful over these past couple of games but one player who has just shown out has been second Half Schroder, and that's a name that he earned last year, but he just made a resurgence over these last couple games, and Nick, you saw it firsthand. you were with the team. What was that like?
1: He's so aggressive. he's locked in. Mike Muscala had a great quote. He said he is truly locked in for every single play of every single game. and over time, that builds up. That really, truly means something and just as those guys and their relationship has gone on for so long, I think Mike really has some insight into like what makes Dennis tick. And it's really true; he does not take any possessions off. He is—I mean, he was inside Terrence Ross's jersey in the fourth quarter of that game, limiting him down the stretch, and still going and getting buckets. Uh, he had 22 of his 31 in the second half, had nine assists, as we mentioned. It's now 28 straight games with a three-pointer for Dennis nine games this season with 25 or more points off the bench and in the last five games in second halves as you've mentioned second half shooter, averaging over 16 points on over 60% shooting from the field in the second halves of these games
0: no secret a six man of the year contender
1: yeah and you know he gets to his spots in the elbows in the mid-range he has just a blazing quick first step and again, against Orlando, a team that's not as fleet of foot. He's attacking downhill, getting all the way to the rim, getting those little layups where he's shielding the defender off with his, his shoulder and, you know, scooping it in at a lower angle to get it up off the glass. The biggest thing in his game is the fact that he's been a much better three-point shooter this year. Mm-hmm. He's at over 36 percent from the uh, three-point line and over 43 percent on the road this season.
0: The thing that Coach Donovan said after the game against Orlando is that he does it on both ends of the floor he brings that same intensity from the offensive end to the defensive end he's picking up players full court he is just all in their grill I mean like who invited him to the barbecue I don't know (laughs) he is all in their grill and so it's one thing for him to be an awesome scorer and put points on the board when the team needs him but he has the same stamina and quickness and intensity to do that on the defensive end in these late in these games If you're looking to get your stamina on the same level as Dennis Schroeder, the Thunder has a way you can do that. The upcoming Thunder Run is happening in Oklahoma City. You can go to okcthunder.com slash to register you or you and your family for the Thunder 5K, the Thunder Family Run on Saturday, March 7th. Go to okcthunder.com slash thunder run and register today. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for Nick and I, it's fresh on both of our minds, is the fact that the Thunder shot a season-high 61% from the field against Orlando, who is one of the best defensive teams in the league.
1: They were holding opponents to under 100 points at home. And that's the best mark in the league. And the Thunder went in there and dropped 120 on them.
0: It's a result of ball movement player movement just playing with pace and tempo getting the ball where it needs to be like we mentioned off the top it's getting to the getting the ball to the hands of the players who can score
1: yeah and that's not like with an agenda to right. it either right they just kept the ball flowing through the offense whatever was taken away they zipped it back uh, around the perimeter they got movement they they were able to attack and penetrate into the lane and then the key was making the correct decisions once you were in there we saw them Hit over the top for lobs. We'll talk about that later. And then they, we saw them kick out to the perimeter as well, and then swing the ball around for open shooters. You know, they scored 121 or 120 points, and Danilo didn't really have that great of a game. Right, four ten shooting at 12 points. Like the fact that they were able to score that efficiently, that effectively. Uh, you know, Mike Maccala drained four threes. Mm-hmm. Nerlens had 14 points. The one thing I was keeping track of is after OKC held Vucevic to 0 for 5 shooting to start the game. He kind of got off. He had 24 points. But Noel and Muscala outscored him in that game.
0: Six Thunder players in double figures, and it just speaks to the various ways that this Thunder roster can score. Like you mentioned, you can get to the paint and dish out for threes. We saw... Plenty of times where guards just blew by their defender and got to the rim. That We talk about Shea's first step, but combating size with speed, they took it to heart and every player had an opportunity at the rim.
1: Yeah, and sometimes the most important thing, this is going to sound really simple, is like just putting the ball in the basket. Right. Maybe it's not the most like analytically efficient shot, but the Thunder's in the top 10 in shooting percentage. And what that means is the other team's got to take the ball out of the net more times, more actual times than a lot of other teams that maybe shoot a lower percentage from the field but make more three-pointers or something like that. And it's a little demoralizing to have to take the ball out of your net every single possession. And it's a little demoralizing to have to walk the ball up the floor against a set defense every single possession. And that pays dividends over time in the course of a game. It's kind of one of those subtle things that's more ethereal and emotional than necessarily analytical
0: it's one, yeah it's you have to take it into account it's taking the ball out of the rim I can't get into an offensive rhythm I can't get into the pace and tempo that I want to play at and although Orlando does like to play more of a half-court style offense you're right it's demoralizing it just sets you back offensively when you have to take it out of the net but we we mentioned 61 percent from the field The Thunder was also 47% from three, and that just speaks to taking the right shot, getting the ball to the right person, making the extra pass. That's something that the Thunder has thrived off of as of late, is just getting the ball, moving it around the horn, and ball reversals to get the ball to the open person.
1: Yeah, they've given up good shots for great shots, and they've been, and we talked about Chris being judicious They've been judicious about what types of threes they're taking. So they didn't take a ton Mm -hmm. against Orlando. I think nine of 19. Nine of 19. Right. But. They that, and that's very Spurs-like. You know, San Antonio doesn't take. Yep. They take the fewest threes in the league, but the ones they take are wide open, and it's from the guys that they want taking threes. And I think we're seeing a little of that Spursiness in the Thunder this year, where they're hitting a lot of mid-range jump shots, just like San Antonio. They're taking the right threes, good Second threes, point. and they're winning on the margins. So SGA converts that three-point play, seven-point game. Vucevic, we oh, missed some easy looks. Early in the game. Now the Thunder can settle for the final shot of this half.
0: Up seven. Paul blasts down the middle and sets it up for Noel who streaks across the baseline for another alley-oop. What made us look this week is very similar to what we've been talking about, and it's the amount of above the rim play, the alley oops to Nerlens Noel. It was just Lob City for the Thunder against Orlando.
1: This is a guy that's coming off a ankle injury, and yet he was jumping more than anyone <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> but it it was really schematically set up for those to be the opportunities that OKC was going to get. Orlando, again, very very solid defensive team. They are always in the right spot, so disciplined, but. They don't have that elite leaping ability and size in their front line, uh, especially with Jonathan Isaac out, which is a big loss for them. And so, once Chris or Dennis were, was able to kind of turn that corner in pick and rolls, Nerlens got out of those screens really quickly, and that lob pass over the top was was readily available.
0: Super effective. Nerlens had six dunks in that game, five of which a result. Of an alley oop from either Dennis or Chris. As a former point guard, you're trying to generate those two on one situations, right? Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have thrown alley oops. <laughs> but it's a, it's, one of those plays that you just know it'll be successful because you can get above the defense. It's one thing to have to go around to go through, but getting above the defense, not only is it a high efficiency shot, I mean, you're putting the ball at the rim for your player, but it's high. It's energy boosting and it helps get your team in that momentum building stage.
1: It's vertical spacing. And sometimes the play to make there is a shovel pass, right. a little underhanded scoop pass against Orlando, that is not the case. They're so good with their hands in the middle of the lane. Their help-side crashes over and but they stay low for the most part. And so being able to hit over the top was really
0: important. It was just really cool to see, like you said, Nerlens coming off of that ankle injury, him just playing like he he we know he can play, mm-hmm. just playing with that athleticism, getting above the rim, getting out of those screens super quick. And that's so important because when that defender has to make a decision, he has to choose between am I going to roll back to guard Nerlands or am I going to stay up here and guard one of the best mid range shooters in the league? Right. And that puts them in such a tough position that half the time they were just caught in limbo. They were like stunning up to try to contest CP while also trying to have a hand towards Nerlands. And with those two, you have to make a decision decision because Chris can shoot it and Nerlens can go above the rim. So it just puts the defense in such a, a spin and a spiral trying to figure out what to do.
1: Such a little thing that you mentioned, getting out of screens quickly. Mike did the same thing, except he's a pop guy. Right. But being able to create separation out of that screen makes all the difference in the world in those pick and roll actions. And the
0: result is just fun to watch, to be honest with you. I, the, after the third alley-oop, I was like, this is, this is awesome. We've come to that point in the podcast where we want to make you feel good. It's time to bless your timeline. And once again, it's a walk-off interview. Interrupted. <laughs> Poor Nick. <laughs> just <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome because he was interviewing Dennis Schroeder, but Chris Paul had to stop everything and give Dennis a hug for his awesome performance against Houston.
1: Those guys are really tight. Um, it was just that, like the photos that we got, the video that we got from um Zach Beaker our team photographer uh Michael Zubach who's one of our videographers who was on the trip with us those guys did an incredible job of capturing that moment of just two friends like so happy for one another to to come away with such a big win in Houston and I think of it a little bit from a big picture standpoint like there's so much uncertainty coming into this season Mm -hmm. about what was this going to look like this team's got three point guards on the roster how are they ever going to Compliment each other, share the ball, make this work out. Chris and Dennis don't know each other. Chris and Shay didn't know each other. Shay and Dennis didn't know each other. These guys love each other. And like, there's no more real moment than that. Two late 20s early 30s dudes don't just give each other a big bear hug
0: are you starting to expect it at this point i mean you're you're prepping for these questions and you're on the sideline getting ready to do a walk off interview are you just ready for it now
1: my like i've got one eye on if there's anybody behind the guy like still you know saying hi to the opposing team's players or anything like that so i'm i'm aware of what might be coming my way
0: <laughs> i think of it a little differently than kind of the way you just laid it out In that game against Houston, Chris had a phenomenal first half. I mean, he just exploded. And Dennis came back in the second half and just kind of went off and helped the Thunder get out of that 17-point deficit. You bring those two together and it's just a beautiful moment. That's the way I saw it. I was like, this is the perfect illustration of how this game just went down. That's all for us here on the Thunder Basketball Universe. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends where you get your podcast and have them like, rate, and subscribe as well. <laughs> you can't watch. <laughs> tell your friends to <laughs> listen your- to podcasts. <laughs> tell everyone. Thank you so much to our producers, and until next time, thunder up and catch you later.